I suspect that with how bad the instrumentum laboris of the Amazon Synod, you know, that working document for the apostasy in the Amazon, with how bad that document was, a lot of us didn't think it could get any worse. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it just got worse. The working document for the Amazon Synod made reference to a conference held in Bogota, Colombia, and the working group for that conference just released their document for the public. It was released in Spanish, so I'm going to just use excerpts here that were, that were translated by LifeSite. I would normally hesitate to call something heretical, usually leaving that to the judgment of better theologians than me, who, are, who is at best an armchair theologian, but what these maniacs have released is so overtly and obviously heretical that even the average layman can easily stand and say no more to this garbage. So let's have a look at this, because you're going to see that, no, I'm not overreacting to this. Welcome to where modernism leads us. Early in his pontificate, Pope St. Pius X, whose feast day on the traditional liturgical calendar was just a couple of days ago, warned us about the evils and errors of modernism in his landmark encyclical, Pascendi, which you can listen to on this channel if you feel so inclined. In that he warned of a great many things, including the functional relativizing of the faith, and how modernism, which he called the synthesis of all heresies, tends to reduce the faith to a personalized faith of lived experiences. Put simply, the truth of the faith is reduced to what the individual experiences and believes. The term for that is vital eminence, and it can find its roots in the ravings of the heretic and likely victim of demonic possession, Teilhard de Chardin, and I'll go into him at some point in the future. How this all is relevant to the apostasy in the Amazon is pretty straightforward. The Bogota Working Group just released their documents in preparation for next month's Amazon Synod. LifeSite News published its contents. I'm not going to read it verbatim, but I will read the excerpts published, and as you'll see, it's obviously heretical. Called Towards the Pan-Amazonian Synod, Challenges and Contributions from Latin America and the Caribbean, the document was produced in April this year as a result of a meeting in Bogota, Colombia, by so-called theologians from two organizations promoting liberation theology, one called Amerindia and the other Repem. R-E-P-A-M, which I presume is an acronym with some meaning in Spanish, which the document is again published in. The Synod's working document refers explicitly to the Bogota meeting as part of the preparatory process for the Synod, just so we're clear on the role this evil document is going to play in the coming Synod. Not to poison the well here, but this document represents an overt attack on Catholic theology, dogma, and doctrine. First, the document says that the church should not declare that only one faith is true, saying that it isn't fair to say that. I'm not even kidding. Let's quote the LifeSite article directly because I can't put it better than their author did. Quote, It, meaning the Bogota document, redefines the Eucharist as a symbolic act of the community, attacks the hierarchical priesthood of the New Testament while asking the church's authorities to leave open the possibility of the ordination of women as priests, and calls for the overcoming of patriarchal perspectives. It advocates a feminist and ecological theology to replace current ones. It also urges the ordination of married men to the priesthood. The document closes with a prayer to God as the father and mother of life after having referred to God as the creator-creatora. End quote. <sighs> Woo, lad. Anyone at this point who says this document is advocating for paganism being foisted upon the church, or anyone who disagrees with us on that statement, and disagrees with us when they say these people don't care about our salvation, anyone who says that these people don't share our faith is either lying to you or so wrong and naive that it reaches to dangerous levels of naivety and aren't to be trusted. But this document goes further. As you can see, egalitarianism on the terms of the world are explicit in this document, 
but it gets worse, and by worse I mean overtly pagan. The document says that the Catholic Church shouldn't not only not declare that only one religion is true, but that it's also not fair to say that one species on Earth is as a, is the topic of the or is at the top of the natural hierarchy, as the Church has always said that man is at the top of the created material world. Paragraph eighty six says the following: quote, "It's not fair that we think and say that only one species should prevail, but on the contrary." All species have value, and together they reveal the virtues of the mystery of life. Similarly, it is not fair to say that only one religion is true, and the others are decadent, and for they all reveal the mystery of God, and reveal the many ways in which we walk in fidelity and love for God. End quote. Just ignore our, words, our Lord's words about being the only way to the Father. The egalitarianism goes further. Paragraph 84 states that the church must reject that Christianity has a monopoly on salvation, while paragraph 53 states that, quote, pluralism and diversity of religions are expressions of a wise divine will, end quote. Remember that kerfuffle with, uh, uh, Bish with, Archbish or with Bishop Athanasius Schneider? Go see that again. The statement of the Eucharist is made in paragraph 94, quote, in the liturgy, the Church expresses her faith in a symbolic and communal way. The Constitution Sacrosanctum Concilium explains that the liturgy is the summit and source of Christian life. The liturgy is the summit because at the foot of the table is, is presented the experience of people, the path of the community, and the socio-cultural context in which it operates. Source because from the living memory of the love of Christ and from the encounter with sisters and brothers, the desire and the capacity for more coherent discipleship and more effective witness are born. End quote. That is from paragraph 94. And that is where we come to Pashendi, which I was delighted to see the author of this piece and I both being on the same page and noting that this reduction of the Eucharist to an experience is clearly condemned in Pashendi. A link to Pashendi is in the comments below. Please give it a listen and give a listen to my talk with the YouTuber Classical Theist where we go over the ruling concepts of that document and put it into everyday language. You won't regret it. Paragraph 112 attacks the hierarchical priesthood that was established by Christ. Yet another clear rejection of our faith. Quote, Within the post-council framework, theology questioned the model of the Old Testament priesthood that was introduced into ecclesial practice and theology when Judaism's cultural institutions were transposed into the ecclesial community to show the continuity between the Old and New Testaments that Gnosticism challenged. As a consequence of the establishment of the institution of the priesthood, the leaders became officials of the cult and their office. A priestly office of cultural mediation was interpreted as a rank, which designated them as priests, Levites, sons of Aaron, and even relating them to Melchizedek, which does not correspond to the experience of the first communities that had broken with the Old Testament forms of religious mediation. It's paragraph 112. Here we have the notion, as condemned by Popes Pius IX and X, that the Church must return to its early roots, a notion that has always proven to be deceptive inasmuch as what these maniacs have always said was an early practice of the Church, turns out to not have been the case in the slightest. See the argument for the priest facing the people during Mass as a prime example of this, an argument they made by the, by the early modernists that has long since been proven to be a lie. But the maniacs build on this going into paragraph 113, where they demand women's ordination. Quote, What served as an argument to respond to a particular circumstance became doctrine with the elaboration of the theology of the sacrament of order as the sacrament of the priesthood, 
closely and intimately related to the Eucharistic sacrifice. Thus, the cultural perspective on the priesthood was consecrated in the liturgy and in priestly spirituality, as well as in the symbols that confer a character of dignity and honor on men of the church. In this process, women were excluded. End quote. And as such, the Catholic all-male priesthood is now thus modifiable to be inclusive and stunning and brave. Quote the document from paragraph 105. We are fully aware of the Catholic Church's position on this issue. We recommend, however, that theologians, respecting in a reverent way the data of faith and in profound communion with the magisterium, may continue with complete freedom the reflection on the priestly ordination of women, enriching their analysis with resources coming from psychology, sociology, anthropology, history, philosophy, and hermeneutics, in order to be able to discern the presence of the Spirit in that sign of the times, which is, according to John the Twenty-Third, the presence of women in public life. End quote. It then goes on to say that women were deacons who exercised ministry, which is a historical fiction, and the notion of women holding offices in the early church is condemned by St. Paul in sacred scripture itself, something these maniacs reject categorically. Continuing... A church incarnated in the Amazon means openness to ordaining women to the diaconate as well as ordaining married men and embracing feminist and ecological theology, their words not mine, which means according to paragraph 81, quote, ensuring the celebration of the Sunday Eucharist in ecclesial communities by the ordination of married priests, welcoming and supporting feminist and ecological theology as a support for the configuration of a church with its own face, disturbing the discerning the opportunity for the ordination of women to the diaconate, as well as the creation of other ministries of one's own, according to the needs of the local church. End quote. Add this to the disturbing tendency of these maniacs to reject the masculine pronouns for God, a practice rooted in Catholic theology based on our relationship with God as Father, and the documents reaffirming of the value of pagan religions in the Amazon, and the jungles itself as a source of revelation, and you get something that can only be described as heresy, can only be apostasy. I have no other way to put it, frankly. Cardinal Branmuller and the others who called it apostasy and heresy are correct. Next week, assuming the news is relatively slow, like it has been until this document's release, I'll present a brief biography on the one of the most influential voices for the Synod, a man who Pope Francis admires and in turn admires the Pope greatly, a figure most of you have never heard of and I only became aware of by the writing process of my doctoral dissertation on Catholic social teaching. So stay tuned for that, because once you understand who this was and what his role was in undermining the faith and in laying the groundwork for this apostasy, you'll understand why the situation in the Church is at present so dire. I just ask that you keep praying for the Church and keep praying that novena of novenas for an intervention for the Synod that will stop this apostasy from happening. I'm Anthony Stein. Viva Cristo Rey.